Listener Production. Coming up on today's edition of Footy Talk, everything you need to know about Round 17 coming up in the next 20 minutes. We take a look at the Tigers' win last night over the Swans and how they got it done, all of the predictions for Round 17, and Joey Montagna's random act of kindness. It is Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. This is the ultimate Round 17 preview that you need for your Friday. I'm Jack Heverin. I'm alongside two of the sharpest brains in footy. First, the queen of triple M footy, Kate McCarthy. K-Mac, good to see you. Hey, Jack. Uh, yeah, lovely to be here, but I don't think I really fit in with the sharpest minds of footy when Joey's sitting on the other side of the table. He well, far surpasses me with his knowledge. Well, Joey Montagna <laughs> has got the laptop out. He's got notes. He's gone to school on what we saw last night with the Tigers and the Swannies. Joey, welcome. Hello, Jack. I haven't done as much preparation as you. You've gone through the paper and highlighted all the key points. But uh, <laughs> I'm I think an old man with that stuff. Are you? Yeah. I think I'm the last you person the that, that still reads, buys the paper. And you read all the articles. Yeah. I just read the headlines. I just look at the pictures. <laughs> But uh, now, look, we all saw the footy last night. Kate, you were at the game. I covered it for Fox. And, look, I think we all agree it was a terrific performance by the Tigers. Backs against the wall. They were they were soundly beaten in the first half. Sydney were all over them and probably deserved to be even further in front, maybe, than the three goals, or the three goals at least, was a fair lead. And then they absolutely dominated the second half. It was a, a, an amazing turnaround off the back of their pressure. Dominated contested ball clearance. Um, their superstars had a big impact. Shea Bolton and Dusty Martin, but some role players, you know, Jack Graham continues to do his thing. Jack Ross had his best game as the sub. So, look, uh, it's a a great effort and it keeps their season alive. Kate, selection can often be pretty important, particularly at this time of the year. And you said this last night on Triple M Footy, the inclusion of Dustin Martin and Shea Bolton and what it does to that Richmond team. And we saw it last night. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing on selection, though, we saw the difference in selecting a sub that's versatile versus Aaron Francis, who was the sub for Sydney. And once Lloyd got subbed out fairly early in the game, they then had to flip Tom McCartan forward because they'd had Francis who could only play in the back line. Um, And they openly said that McCartan came in for Francis, but then named Francis as the sub. Mm. Then you've got a man that goes down that's not a like-for-like with Francis. And on the other hand, Ross came in as the sub for Richmond for the unlucky Jacob Bauer who did his hammy in his first Mm. game in the first three minutes of the game, which was super devastating for him. But Ross was one of the best players on the ground, in my opinion. Kicks two goals, goes forward, slides back, um, just out class them with with his effort as the sub, played that role really well, but they selected the team properly. Yeah, and selection played a big role because it credit to Richmond. I mean, they played two debutants and there were some people in the media that thought maybe they've put up the white flag. They're, they're not going to play finals this year. They're going to give games to kids, but sometimes bringing in some enthusiasm and some youth can have an impact. They made some changes and you're right, it was interesting listening to John Longmire in the press conference. He bemoaned the fact that they lost Jake Lloyd, and I understand he was probably angry about that, but then bemoaned the fact that they had to bring on a tall, where Richmond were able to bring on a small, and it was like, but you chose to have Aaron Francis as mm. your sub. An interesting choice for sub, which threw around their team. Normally you would bring a runner in, especially if you look at the forecast and the conditions, so it probably did backfire on the Swans in the end, but yeah, Jack Ross, the super sub, what a game. Tigers have won four of their last five under Andrew McQualter now, and it's worth having a proper look at their run home, Kate, because finals now are a very real prospect for this team. Yeah, well, the next five weeks they got West Coast in um, Perth. Then they've got Hawks at the G, Melbourne at the G, Dogs at Marvel, Saints at Marvel. So two very winnable games and then three that will test them. But 
if you want to be in finals, you need to beat the teams that are tests. So that's what they're going to need to do. Um, I think we, we worked out that they can afford to drop two of those games. Yeah, they need to win a minimum of three of those five you just mentioned, probably four out of five to give themselves a, a real chance late in the season. But they should tick the next two off, West Coast and Hawthorne. Um, you know, besides Tom Lynch, they're not missing a hell of a lot in mm. regards to injuries. They've got all their personnel there. They're playing some good football. Dustin looks as invested as he has been for a while. And uh, Andrew McQuald is doing a great job. One player that they will be missing, though, is oh, Toby yes, Nankervis after last night. How many um, weeks? I'm going to say at least three. Um, well, he'll be referred straight to the tribunal for that. Um, and that's three plus. So, um, yeah, it was just off the ball. Well, not off the ball, but late, high. It'll be deemed intentional because it was a bump, so three plus. Disappointing. He's the captain. They need him. Uh, I think at least credit to him, he had a big second half, so he made sure they got the win knowing that he was going to miss some football. But as a captain now, I know he's got that aggressive streak in him and he plays on the edge, but you've just got to be a bit smarter when you're the captain and you're trying to play finals. Well, Andrew McGoltz was asked about that. After the game, and he said, look, we wouldn't change Toby Nankervis yeah. for the world. He he is what he is, and, and he's carved out a career being that way. But do the rules change when you're captain? I think so a little bit. Yeah, you, you need to be out there. I, I think that he's just got to be a bit smarter. I mean, it is a split-second decision, and but he didn't need to do that in, in that instance. The handball had been done. The player wasn't any influence, so... Uh, disappointing, but I think they've got Ivan Soldo that's back playing footy, and, and Samson Ryan can also come in. So they've still got enough backup. Let's talk about the Swannies, who got absolutely mauled in, in the contested stuff in the midfield battle, particularly in the second half when it mattered most. And some of these numbers don't read well. 47-31 clearances, minus nine in contested possession, and then as a result, Kate Richmond were well in front of the inside 50s as well. Yeah, but the thing is, they were right in it till halftime, if not in front in most of those stats. Um and what Richmond ended up doing in the second half is obviously winning the hardball, but they stopped um, the Swans from those uncontested possessions that they were getting in the first half. They were, I think, plus 47 in the first quarter for uncontested possessions. So the Swans were spreading. They were getting the ball on their terms. But once it turned into a real contest game and really tightened up, the Tigers were just all over them and the Swans could not keep up with them. It's an issue of the Sydney midfield. It's a concern for them. We saw at Grand Final Day on the biggest stage, they got humiliated and they've just been too inconsistent this year. They've got some big names in there, but they don't get it done often enough. And it's something that John Longmire is going to have to look at going forward about how we can get more out of this midfield that are just so inconsistent around the contest. Isn't that interesting though? Because that after last year's Grand Final, they got belted, mm. but the big takeaway for Sydney was the future's so bright. They've got so many talented young players, but they've got so many talented young midfielders. Yeah. Now, we're not even 12 months on, and you're saying that it's a big problem I for think them. it is because they're still inconsistent. And, you know, Rowbottom's no longer young. You know, you've got to say he's now a senior player. Mills and Parker leading the way. Warner has been in and out, and, and the Goulden coming through, and young Sheldrick. But they've just got to be more consistent in there with, with their application because their best is very good. And when they do win contest and they get it to the outside, they're a hard team to stop, but it's been a massive factor this year. What they would have loved to have gone back in a time machine and put Joey Kennedy back in that yeah, midfield last right. night, just for one game. Yeah. That's what they needed. They yeah. just needed someone to just roll up the sleeves and win a hard ball and help get the game back on their terms because it was just all one-way traffic in the second half. Season over for the Swans now? Yep, done. Cooked. Yep. Which is 
Oh, there's no way I would have thought that was possible. They go to a grand final and we spoke about, you know, that they were only going to improve. Mm. Oh, there's no way I had them missing the eight. That's no, been a disappointing year. Yeah. And it's now about celebrating Bud. I would still love to see Sydney come out really soon and just formalise that this is Buddy's last year because they're not going to play finals now. I know he probably doesn't want it. He doesn't want the fanfare. But for the sake of the game, and he's going to be a legend of the AFL, I want him to announce it so that, I mean, we can officially celebrate however many games he's yeah. got left and make it a real big sort of farewell. And even before last night, like there was talk, okay, this is this is his last game at the, at the G and there's so many Hawthorne fans that probably would have wanted to go if they'd realised that a little bit earlier. Imagine or, if it was official and they yeah. could have done a big, you know, like um, thing on the scoreboard, a best best of buddy and really sort of embrace the occasion for all the footy fans. I think we need to see it. Nice yeah. guard of honour off yeah, on the, that. last yeah, night. Yeah. I know he's modest. Daisy Thomas is big on this at the moment that he, he wants... Almost wants Buddy to come out now and just declare it yeah. so that everyone can get a chance to celebrate him. But the problem is Buddy's so modest and doesn't want the That's fanfare. why the, the Swans almost have to do it. The Swans almost say, but it's to. not about you. Because we had something similar with Lenny Hayes. He didn't really want the fanfare. And the club said, no, Lenny, you're a legend of the club. You've so loved. This is for the fans. And Lenny sort of begrudgingly, we had the I Love Lenny T-shirts. And <laughs> he had like about a four-week, you know, John Farnham tour. But it was for everybody else, even though Lenny hated it. So maybe Bud has to just, uh, yeah, do something similar. Yeah. It would be very cool for Bud to have a farewell tour, I reckon. Let's jump straight into tonight's game, a sellout. The sign's up on the door already at Marvel Stadium. No more tickets available for Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs. Jordan Degoe, let's start there from a Pies' point of view and what he brings back to this team. Hasn't been there for the best part of a month. Oh, he brings all Australian form. He brings someone who's going to be fresh. He's going to be raring to go the back seven weeks of the year and he's now going to share a midfield with Nick Dacos. Yeah, it's scary how well the Pies are going. They look like they're only going to get stronger uh, the way they're playing, the personnel they've got coming back. Good luck trying to stop them. Uh, the Bulldogs, I think, have the capabilities. We've seen their best. They're hard to catch, though. You yeah. can't trust them. Um, but always look forward to watching Collingwood play. Yeah, and I think the thing that's worked really well in Collingwood's favour has actually been this three-week break for Dugowie, opening up a midfield position for Dacos to just have to force his hand in there. I know, obviously, um, trying to build him up, have put him through the midfield a lot this year, but he hasn't played permanent midfield until Dugowie was out. So that's really just helped him develop even quicker this season and make that move and, and now play alongside him in the midfield, which is just very formidable. So what's his split going to be, Kate, do you think? I think it'll be... Mid-forward. Um, I think it'll be a little bit less now that Dugowie's back, but, yeah, I don't think we we'll, definitely won't see him off the half-back line again, that's for sure. Are Collingwood resting players at the moment or 100%. have they just got one-week injuries? 100% they're resting players. <laughs> now, I know, and rightly so, Craig McRae's come out and said, we're not going to take the foot off the gas. We're not going to rest players because I like it because it just seeds a bit of a mentality that um, not complacent, but you're just taking the foot off. So I like publicly they've said they're not going to, but we knew what they were going to do. And to be, you know... My check with hammy tightness and um, Braden Maynard with a shoulder that I think they've almost said he's been carrying for about 18 months, which means he can play with it. That could have also been a knee. A knee, exactly right. <laughs> so that, but it's, it's the right thing to do. It is smart. It's sensible. Anyone that is sore, give them a week off. Get them right because they have bigger fish to fry at the end of the year. So I like it, but I also like the, the public messaging that they're not – resting players, they're not going to take the foot off the gas, but we sort of know they are. It's a good problem to have. In fact, it's a great problem to have at this time of the year, but how are they going to fit them all back in come finals? Dan McStay, you'd think, is a certainty when available. Might just need one game in the VFL, Kate, just to get a bit of touch. Brody Mychek will come straight back in. Nathan Kruger is missing with concussion. He's a bit of an unknown. Frampton's showing his versatility. He's played in, in virtually every position on the ground in the last couple of weeks. 
What's Craig McRae going to do come finals time? Well, it's the healthiest problem to have in football, isn't it? When you have a list that you're like, how are we going to fit everyone in? Um, we, we talk so much about injuries. We talk so much about form. This is how you know you've got a team that can really go deep or win the premiership when you have these problems, when you have a list that's so healthy and also just so full of talent and, and players that can play everywhere. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good problem to have and it's just working out what their be- best mix is. I think they've given... Ash Johnson, another chance this week to try and show what he can do mm. to put his hand up for that position um, that Kruger or Frampton is likely to take off him. Um, but, yeah, I think he's one that really needs to put in a good performance to hold on to his spot. Um, and then you've got Ginevan as well that's trying to get back into that forward line who's probably struggling a little bit with form at the moment um, with Bobby Hill coming in and just being electric. He's added so much to that team as well. There's some talk around Tom Mitchell's spot. Joey, is that fair? Oh, probably not. No, I get that they were just throwing up the idea, but you, I mean, it is hard. You're looking at the Collingwood 23 that's playing tonight. There's not many names that you look like that are going to get dropped, no. yet they've got to be some inclusions to come in. So even guys like Oleg Markov are doing a great job. Hoskin Elliott, they love the role that he plays, and, and there's no one else really. So um, it's a great problem to have. And this is one of those things, again, that brings up not getting ahead of myself, but if they were to win the premiership that – it's a whole squad mentality. It's yeah. a whole squad that contributes to it. And those fringe players have, have to play well. And that's what Craig McRae's mentioned. The bottom six are desperate. The guys like Markov and Bobby Hill and McCreary, they play for their life because they want to be a part of it. And you don't want to be uh, on the outside looking in. So that's a, it's the, uh, adding, adding to their success. Yesterday on Footy Talk, Heath Shaw was in the house and he's tipped the Bulldogs as an upset, but you're saying they're hard to catch. Yeah, they are. I mean, they are capable of winning. But you can't tip them with any confidence. But uh, maybe that's just a half glass empty look from <laughs> from Heath Shaw. Do they have to have another loss, Collingwood, or do they just keep rolling? I don't know, but they're hard to beat. I think at Marvel that adds just another little thing in the Bulldogs' favour. We know how well they play at Marvel. Um, Collingwood doesn't play there a whole lot. But could Collingwood be even better yeah. under the roof at Marvel? I mean, True. You know, given like, their game style, yeah. they should be. It yep. should really suit them. Um, I think if that one was at the G, you'd confidently say Collingwood. I think it just plays a little bit into the Bulldogs' favour. I saw favor. this. Craig McRae, I think, is one of the most likeable people. In fact, lovable people yep. in footy. He's just he's a beautiful man. He speaks well. He's clearly got this playing group hanging off every word that he says at the moment. But it's the little things that are the big things, I reckon, with Craig McRae. So a few interstate fans were in town last week. They were waiting to get an Uber from training to the VFL game and couldn't get one. And, you know, if anyone's tried to get an Uber in the last (laughs) little while, you generally cancelled about five times before you get one. So Craig McRae drove these fans that he'd never met before, put them in his car and drove them to the game. How good's that? That's that's great from him. That's legend status. That is great. Yeah, he's just they, everything. They do everything right, Collingwood. They're doing everything right. Anyone ever got a strange lift with anyone? I did one day. I did picked you? up a lady. It was raining. I was driving down Hampton Street. Had my young fella. I think we're getting takeout dinner. And there was a lady walking her dog in the rain, bucketed down. And I saw her standing under a tree. So we offered her a lift home, which oh. was oh. nice. A nice man. Aren't you a gentleman? Yeah. What do you think? You saw the lady standing under a tree bucketing down rain. It was just a nice thing to do. Just honk the horn and keep driving. (laughs) Drive into the puddle so it splashes it. (laughs) We'll take a look at the rest of the round on the other side of this. This is Footy Talk, of course. If you've got a question, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod and on TikTok as well at footytalkpod. Friday's edition of Footy Talk. Of course, if you're listening on Spotify, hit the bell. Tell us how much you enjoy the program. Joey Montagna, Kate McCarthy and Jack Heverin take you through everything you need to know for round 17. 
Let's have a look at the Saturday games, K-Mac. We start with the Lions and the Eagles. Jack Gunston back in from his training block, but no Daniel Rich for the Lions. Yeah, I think that says a little bit about where they're going towards for the season ahead. Um, I think they're pretty happy with how their back line's going at the moment and who they've brought in. Kitty Coleman, Darcy Wilmot, they're looking very good um, down back and... Gunston, I think they've brought in to get a little bit of confidence, no disrespect to the Eagles, but maybe get a little bit of confidence back in that game. But I was saying last night, that puts a little bit of pressure on him as well. He'd he want comes to kick back some goals. In, he'd want to kick some goals and just have a little bit of an impact, have the footy in his hands, um, you know, come in and actually make a make an impact and, and show what he can do. But Dane Zorko back in as well, that's a good one for you them. You said off air this might be part of his training block, playing against <laughs> West Coast Eagles. Said. You said that? <laughs> <laughs> How quick's Joey to yeah. throw you under the bus? Absolutely. <laughs> I Joey didn't even say Gunston that. He said it. Joey's words, if Gunston doesn't kick 10 this week, he's out of the team. <laughs> uh, Giants and the Hawks, Saturday twilight at Giants Stadium. GWS have won four of their last five and are sneaking up on everyone pretty quickly. They are. They're flying, playing great footy. Adam Kingsley's got them a, a brand now that is sustainable and uh, it's clear for all to see. Their senior players are all playing well. Whenever there's a young side coming through, you need your leaders to stand up, and Canelio and Callie and Toby Green, obviously, and Jesse Hogan's been pretty good. So I like the way the Giants are going, and you'd love for them to continue that momentum against the Hawks, who are really having some ordinary games this mm. year. I know they've had a couple of big wins, but they've had eight losses by 50-plus points. That first half last week, they were a mile off against Carlton. The Hawks, mm. unfortunately for them. Lockie Whitfield back in. Denver Granger Barras back in for the Hawks. Kate, no Luke Bruce for the next couple of weeks with a larynx issue, which means he's actually not allowed to talk for two weeks. How would you go? Not well. <laughs> I think we know that answer, don't we? <laughs> what about you, Joey? Uh, you talk for a living. I wouldn't mind it, actually. Nice to have a couple of weeks at home and not have to work. Just be able to rest up. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's a serious injury. Lenny Hayes had something similar in the grand final week. For in between the two grand finals, he copped a, a whack to the throat. And it can be quite serious. So, all seriousness, uh, hopefully Bruce looks after himself. Everyone with the Giants? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the Giants on that mm. one. Saints and the D's, Saturday night at Marvel Stadium. Joey, I know you'll be there. Clayton Oliver going to miss another month. So we saw the conversation at Casey Fields and animated discussion with Clayton and the high-performance team. What we've now learned is that we can understand what they were saying and, and he's clearly not ready to go. Yeah, I think there's frustration on both parts because he's now re-injured his hamstring, despite what they say, two or three times in, in the rehab process. Now, is that on the... Fitness staff, but I think there's also an element that's on Clayton Oliver, a player that's never had a soft tissue injury before, a player that's eager and competitive that wants to play but doesn't understand the process. And I think that's why there's been some tension there. That's my my understanding, um, and that's why it's now another setback. So it's a good lesson for Clayton Oliver. He's had a good run. He's never had any soft tissue injuries. Got to take them more seriously, and maybe they haven't handled it as well as they would have liked as a club, and it's left them in a bit of a predicament. Yeah, it's understanding that balance of I've got an injury, I need to rest it, I need to look after it rather than push, push, push to get back because then that just puts you on the back burner again with something that is as delicate as a hamstring as well. Could the Ds have been a little more transparent around this Clayton Oliver injury? Yes, they could have. There's been a lot of, to quote Travis Cloak, there's been a lot of smoke and shadows yeah. behind the mirrors with, with Clayton Oliver. Yeah. Could they have been more open, more so to their fans? Yeah, they could have. I also... My understanding, I think there's been an element they weren't even sure how long we'd be because a tendon is one that you feel like you're okay, sure. but you need to rest. And then I think they were trying to push, and he was trying to push to play sooner. So they were thinking he might only be one or two weeks away. And then it was a setback, and then they didn't want to say that it was a setback. And so, yeah, it's been something they probably could have been a bit more open about, but it has been a bit of a difficult one to manage. And then you look on the other hand at a player like Ed Richards for the Bulldogs. They've said six to eight for him, mm. and he's come back two weeks earlier. Mm. And I think as soon as you sort of, I think, 
err on the side of caution with injuries. That's always a better way to do it. That's what I do to my wife. I say I'll be home at 1am. <laughs> so then if I get home at 11, she thinks it's I'm a, a legend. She's like, wow, you came home early. So I always set the, the bar a little bit higher. Yep. And then you can always only look good, Jack. Well, it's better than saying you're going to be home at 10 o'clock and then you get home at midnight because well, then, then you're in trouble. This is interesting then because you've got a long lunch today. <laughs> yeah. What time have you told Aaron well, that you're going to be I home saw, today? I sort of say around the time the footy starts. So I don't try and give specifics anymore. So but you've got a lunch and you've told Aaron you'll be home for the start of the footy. Yeah. How good is your wife? <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> She's the most lenient hey, person on the planet. I, I, I'm not sure I'll be home by the start of the footy yet, but she won't know that. So, <laughs> Hey, good luck to Taj Woden, the son of Shane, the Brownlow medalist who will make his debut for the Ds. Adam Uze breaking the news at training was a nice, cool touch. They're, they're good friends. And the Saints picking Jack Billings and Zach Jones. It's been a while since we've seen either of those two playing yeah, for the Saints. That's just a bit of um, integrity, selection integrity. Both been in good form in the VFL. A few injuries for the senior side, so they deserve their chance. A few big outs too for the Saints. Higgins out, their leading goal kicker. Brad Hill, the real, I guess, connection piece between D50, forward 50, and also Josh Battle. So I think that makes the task even tougher for them. Port Adelaide hosting the Gold Coast Suns on Saturday night. Port have won 12 in a row. They got there by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin last week against the Bombers. The, the big thing here, I think, is for the Gold Coast Suns, Joey. You've got a strong view on well, this. Well, it's, it's been a pretty challenging week for Stuart Jew. Caroline Wilson is a very, very good, respected journalist. She doesn't make things up for the sake of it. So clearly there's information coming from within that footy club and around footy circles. Everything we're hearing since is that the players are saying, no, no, we all re-signed because Stuart Jew's our coach. We love him. He's our guy, et cetera. If he's your guy, show it Saturday night. You don't have to win, but just put in a four-quarter competitive tough performance against one of the best teams in the competition and show us how much you love him. 100%. It's a good call. He's It's pretty It's pretty obvious I think he's coaching for his future. So if the players really want him there, it's up to them what performance they put in. So we'll find out more about them on Saturday night. It's a tough ask. They don't have to win, but they have to play a four-quarter of strong effort and play for their coach. Yeah, and as a footy club, you know, you can lose two different ways. You can lose by being absolutely blown off the park like they were last week against Collingwood and – that just comes down to a little bit of effort as well. It's rolling up your sleeves. It's doing the dirty work, doing the hard work early and, yeah, making a little bit of a statement to the footy world. Yeah, he is our guy, but we're actually going to play like it. Yep. We're not just going to be easy beats and play the best team in the comp two weeks in a row and get beaten in the same fashion. Well, the worry is if they wheel out another performance like last week, it'll be taken out of their hands, yep. the players. It'll be made at a, a level higher than them and they won't get a say in it. So show us what you got. Sunday, Cats and North Melbourne. The great story here from a Kangas point of view is the debut of Boomer Harvey's son, Cooper. Yeah, this is making me feel old. I've known Cooper since he was a little boy, family <laughs> friends with the Harvey. So all of a sudden, Cooper's now grown up and going to play AFL. So he's been thrown to the Wolves, going down to Geelong in the forward line there for the Kangas. So good luck trying to kick a snag, Cooper, <laughs> yeah, against the Cats at GMHBA. But it's a, a great story, great for the Kangaroos that the, the legend Brent son plays. Going to be a tough ask for North Melbourne. Geelong just have to get the win, and I think they will. You ever given Cooper any sort of sound advice? I don't need, didn't need to when he's got uh, his dad there and uh, his uncle Shane, who's a very good player as well. So, no, I didn't have to, but uh, great to see him get his chance. The advice was if you see an old lady standing under a tree and it's raining, pull over and give her a lift. <laughs> that was his advice. What about the Cats, Kate? Still no Jeremy Cameron. So I think the horse has probably bolted now with the Coleman medal, which I'm sure he's not that fussed about in the scheme of the season. Isaac Smith managed as well. How are they going at the moment, the Cats? Um, I think they're sort of just getting through with the fact that they get to play a lot of games at GMHBA, to be honest. Um, I think they know how to play that ground so well and it's hard for teams when they come down. But, yeah, I'd say I think just 
from what I saw last week and, and the week before, they're just really just hanging on at the moment. Seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Bombers and Crows, Sunday afternoon at Marvel Stadium. With a lot of the betting agencies, the Bombers are starting as favourites in this game. It's a, it's a fascinating one, isn't it? I mean, the Bombers showed me a lot last week doing the game against Port. I thought that they wouldn't be able to handle Port Adelaide's ball movement. Maybe the weather helped a bit, but they were terrific. They looked down and out midway through the fourth quarter and found a way to hit the front, and obviously we know what happened at the end. So looking forward to this game, it's going to be – I mean, the loser is all of a sudden probably going to be out of the eight yep. by the end of the round, and, and the winner, it's like, wow, they have got to get their – you know, they've got to give them their juice. They give their flowers to whichever team it is that wins. So I'm probably leaning towards the Crows, um, but maybe I just keep underestimating the Bombers. They keep surprising. Did you just say give their flowers? Yeah, you give, isn't that the saying? You give, give their flowers? Thank you, Miley. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? That's a Miley Cyrus song. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, there you go. Buy yourself flowers. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Joey. It's very modern of you. So hip and trendy. Oh, I'm up with it. Who are you tipping, Kate? Um, I think the Crows as well. I think they're the team that's probably got the most chance of causing a little bit of an upset in the top eight at the moment. Um, and just every week that they play, I think they show something different. But I was the same as you, Joey. I was very surprised about how well the Bombers went last week and should have earned that win, really, um, taking a scalp over Port Adelaide, if not for a kick after the siren. But that's definitely the match of the round for me, Bombers and Crows. A few other names have been thrown up since Tuesday for the Bombers, particularly in the key defender stocks. Harry Himmelberg, Sava Radagalia, Ben Mackay, Tom Barras. Feels everyone's done this list, haven't they? I yeah. mean, Barras for me still, the, I, think, I think we all agree, probably the best of the lot. Feels like Ben Mackay is the one now they've targeted. Um, it seems like you know, Barras, the Sydney Swans are either going to get him. Yep. Radigalia has been linked to Port and Himmelberg either Richmond or staying at the Giants. So that's all starting to take shape, but they certainly need a big key defender, the Bombers. Finish off with Frio and Carlton at Optus Stadium. Tom DeConing back for the Blues, and they desperately need him with the Ruck Stocks. Anyone buying the Blues? No. Not, I can't quite yet. Frio at home. No, no, Frio are hard to trust Wait. as well, but at home, I've got to go Frio. I think the most dodgy yeah. thing is that the Blues have won two in a row, so you definitely can't tip can't, them. You're going to get sucked into the How Blues? How could you possibly trust Carlton? Oh, I don't no know. Some people are starting to get a little bit excited. No flowers for the Blues. No flowers. No flowers <laughs> okay. for the Blues. Let's finish off with our bold predictions for the weekend. Kate, Kate's still looking at me going, I haven't got one. So I hate I'll, bold predictions. We'll let Joey go first I'm in that case. I'm My them. bold prediction is St Kilda, the double chance will be theirs to lose after they beat Melbourne on oh. Saturday night. They'll be sitting pretty in the top four with games against Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Hawthorne and Carlton to come. St Kilda win Saturday night. They are in the box seat to get a double chance. And if any St Kilda supporter had been told that at the start of the year, they would have laughed. They would not have believed you. They would have said, stop trying to pull my leg. But they are in the box seat for a top four spot. Someone had a phone call from Ross yesterday, I reckon. <laughs> I, I might have just seen Maxie King yesterday and I just gave him some encouragement. <laughs> I said, you've got to launch when Stephen May tries to body you. Get out of the way, run and jump. And Maxie King might kick five and then the Saints win. When I'm he sure says he ran into Max King, he actually had a one-on-one training session with him at Moorabbin to, to fair, try and tell him. went down and Moorabbin had a sauna just to try and, just try and shed a few kilos. And then, Max, and then big Max King just wandered into the sauna next to me and did he make me feel bad? But I had a little chat to Max and said, get after the Joey's theory is I'll go and have a sauna on Thursday to make up for the 20 beers I'm having at lunch on Friday. That's exactly right. You know too well. What a jockey, Joey. Preparation. prediction time. Come on. Uh, Lions to score 200 plus. Oh, oh good. That's that's mean, but good bold prediction. I reckon. If you? the Swans did it, the Lions can do it at the Gabba. Oh, and how many Gunston? Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be where it comes from. But um, Charlie Cameron, 
Eric Hipwood been in some good form mm. recently, so I reckon he can score a few Their as well. Their eyes can light up the Brisbane forwards yep. when they sense a big kill. I'm just trying to work out how you go from I haven't got a bold prediction to Brisbane will kick 200 <laughs> in 20 well, seconds. That's really one that you just pull out of nowhere, <laughs> well isn't it? What do you got, Jack? What's your bold prediction? Oh, I don't think it's a Super Bowl prediction. Crows for mine on Sunday. Crows are Crows are a good team. I tell you what, they are the anomaly. No one's beaten Collingwood, Port, or Brisbane this yep. year. They've only lost five games to everyone else besides themselves. Port Adelaide Crows have beaten Port. They've beaten Brisbane, and they've run Collingwood within a kick both times. They are the one, the little sleeper. If they get over this, that might cause a bit of havoc come finals. Their record stacks up against the good teams. Yes. Don't forget, if you've got a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram at Footy Talk underscore Pod and on TikTok at Footy Talk Pod. You're back tomorrow morning, Joe. Yes, Jay Z. Yeah, we'll look at tonight's game. Dissect the pies and the bulldogs. More importantly, enjoy your lunch today. Thank you. Hopefully, not too hungover. <laughs> I'll guarantee that you'll be uh, a bottle of Powerade and <laughs> so many a chips, little so worse for wear. K-Mac, enjoy the weekend. You too, have Got the Cats and North on Sunday down in Geelong, so that should be a real firecracker. We will be... <laughs> 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 this has been Footy Talk. Enjoy round 17.